welcome back to the Meaningful Success Podcast. My name is Saya, and this is my father. Wade, how did Wade, how are you doing this fine Wade day? Uh, I'm fine. I got up really early today because I had a seven o'clock dentist appointment. So that was fun, fun. Why did you schedule it for seven? You know, I work for a company that's mostly West Coast and they're mostly Pacific time. So if I can do something early in the day, it doesn't interfere with a lot of other appointments. So that's usually works well from that standpoint. I just couldn't believe that they actually opened at seven o'clock. But uh, how about you? How's your day going today? Productive. It's been good. I got some client work done this morning and then uh, did some writing and was working. Um, got this recording right now. And then I'm going to jump back into recording an audiobook later tonight and just loads gotcha. of work going on. As we always do, we want to start with a win. So Saya, what was your win this week? Uh, my win is a pretty big one, actually. Um, today we are recording this is November 30th. So the final day of November, for those who have listened uh, for a little while, I've been doing NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month. The challenge is to write 50,000 words uh, in the month of November. Uh, mm-hmm. And I did not hit 50,000 words. However, I have never done NaNoWriMo before. And also, as I've mentioned in previous weeks, a lot of the first maybe week to 10 days of working on NaNoWriMo, I was working back through stuff I'd already written and doing rewriting mm-hmm. and stuff like that is way more time consuming and you get way less words than if you're just straight up blasting through a bunch of prose that's brand new. Also, if you hear a weird whining sound in the background of Native Point, that's our puppy, Emma, um, as she's not actually in the room at the moment, but she is right outside the door, not happy that she's not in the room. So if you hear something (laughs) like that, I finished out the month of November uh, with 21,472 words, so less than half of 50 grand. However, considering the fact that I had struggled so much with writing for so long this year, uh, it feels like a huge win to kind of be back at it and to be way more consistent and getting just way more done. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's been really nice. So for perspective, for someone who's not a a writer, what is a typical book how many words are we looking at so did you write a third of a book did you write a fourth of a book a half a book typically you're going to see a novel be in somewhere in like the 60 to 80,000 word range so for mm-hmm. a normal length novel that's about a third the total length of my books that I've been writing I am finding strays closer to 100,000 to 120 yeah so the book itself is probably somewhere around a third of the way to halfway done so that that's a big win what about you very good well my win was actually kind of in my day job uh, it was really insights that I gained um, there's all these different kind of profiles out there there's you know the Myers Briggs there's the Berkman there's the you know predictive index there's all these different kind of personality kind of profiling things and uh, our company uses one uh, called discovery insights similar to others it's a quadrant kind of system kind of sharing that but one of the things that they emphasize is that you're not labeled as a certain type you know it's like you're not put in this category okay i am a red or i am a yellow or whatever it's that you tend to lean towards that kind of energy versus another type of thing and so what we had done is uh, every member of my team had actually taken the time to go through a training and, and do their profile and we got it plotted out so we could see like the entire team and where everybody fit in the in the buckets. And it was really 
interesting because you really saw the team, the bulk of them tended to live in a certain area of, of this of this chart, more with the yellow and, and, the, and the green energies. And then uh, a couple of us, myself being one of them, uh, fit in more in the red and the, and the blue energies. And um, so what we did is we broke into little groups uh, individually before we had a team meeting and said, you know, what have we learned about ourselves through this? I mean, what, what are things that people misunderstand about, about us and the way that we approach, you know, our work and the things that we do interactively? What are some of our strengths? What are some of our blind spots and weaknesses? And what are things that we could talk to someone about who's not a, in my case, a red, which is a little bit more directive, a little bit more reformer. My profile is kind of a reformer, kind of a change agent type of thing. If I was talking to someone saying, how can you work better with me? What would that be? And it was really insightful because it kind of opened our eyes, particularly on the, how can I work with someone better? For example, one of the groups of folks, they have a tendency not to assert how they're feeling unless specifically invited to do so. It's almost like you have to build an architect, an opportunity for people to say, here's how I'm doing. Here's how I'm feeling. And that was really insightful because it, it helps me know how to work with those individuals better and, and likewise, each of the other energies as well. So it was a real productive learning thing. I think that every one of us got a lot out of it. So I consider that a big win because it was about growth. So what I wanted to talk about today is, you know, like a part two or something on what we talked about last time about coaches and mentors looking for wisdom and being open to finding wisdom from sources with whom you might otherwise disagree. So there's a guy, he's a very prolific author. So he is very focused on the financial side, the business side, much more than focused in his, in his, at least creative or artistic. Yeah. Right. And that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. There are things that he has done that I very strongly do not agree with that I wasn't aware of until I started reading some of his books. And it's like, you know, I'm not not anything disparaging against him or whatever, but there are positions he's had and actions he's taken over time I individually, personally, philosophically do not agree with at all. And so there's philosophical differences. There's also just things that I straight up are not okay, right? Yeah. That I was not aware of when I first got into this. However, all of that said, there is good, valuable information in these books. I've learned a lot going through them. I've gotten a lot of just really detailed information about, hey, this is this guy's approach. And it's not even necessarily the right approach for me. But getting insight from someone who has sold a quarter of a million books, there's value in that. There's value in that as a creative. There's value in that as a business person, as an aspiring professional author. And so what becomes difficult sometimes is parsing these two elements, these two elements of like, sometimes your conscience, sometimes your agreement or disagreement with someone on a philosophical level, and sometimes on a much more, you know, substantial level with still gaining information. Here's another example. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but there was a person who had a very big impact on my life in my early 20s who gave me like lots of advice, but who had a big impact on my life, kind of a mentor teacher sort of person. Find out years later, not a good person, right? Oh, no. Not a good person. And I'm not going to go into detail about that. Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes you find yourself in those situations. These are extreme examples, okay? Like correct, the, the person I'm talking about and very purposefully not <clears throat> going into detail about. Totally different level than like, I disagree with something this person did. So you look at the things you gained from this person and suddenly you're having to ask yourself how much of that is like tainted? How much of that am I willing to look past and how much of it do I need to reevaluate with the new lens of who gave me this information? I think it's a valid question. And, and it's hard. It's a very hard thing, especially when, I mean, like, here's another example, right? This I will name without shame. Someone like JK Rowling, who I will not give any more money on principle, right? And yet whose stories definitely had an impact on me, but all that is like tainted now, right? Because I so, right. so strongly disagree with some of her positions and stances and actions. This is a fact of life, right? Sometimes right. you're gaining great information. You're like, hey, this is cool. Wait a minute. I'm not cool with this thing this person did. Or you find out like the person in my past who's like, oh, that was not a good person. So all this to say, very long preamble, but how do you navigate that? I know this is like a huge can of worms topic and really complicated, but it got me thinking because I'm going through these books right now and getting information from them that I think is really great. And yet questioning in myself, like, how do I fully feel about this? You know what I mean? Just because of the disagreements. I do. And I think that there's several, I think there's a few layers to what you're describing. Um, one layer is, can I learn from someone from more of a tactical, technical field of expertise basis if I don't agree with their practices, their principles, their their approaches? So another layer is the moral, ethical question. If someone is standing in an area or, or, or a position or stance or advocates things that morally you disagree with, it's more of a support issue. It's not more so much am I learning from them as is, is it should I support that? And th- I think those are two different things. And there's probably a few other layers in there. And, and with the first piece, uh, specifically the, the you know, when, when you're talking about learning a subject and you're talking about something that's, you know, tactical or technical or topical or informational. I think that one of the things that as as a culture we have gotten in so many ways, we've gotten to be such a polarized kind of group. I mean, it's like it's an all or nothing kind of stance on things. I, I agree with them or I disagree with them. So it's like I fully agree with them. And so I'm going to be a you know, an advocate on everything they say because I agree with this or on the converse, I'm not going to agree with anything they say. And I think that's honestly is one of the problems that we have in Washington, D.C. and other things like that is that we've gotten so polarized. We're not intellectually honest. We can learn from a lot of different people, whether or not we agree with everything that they do or even, you know, their stance or their position. And I think that the piece of the puzzle that we have to be willing to do is we need to be willing to research. We need to be willing to study. We need to be willing to have that growth mindset. But a growth mindset doesn't mean a sponge mindset. I, I think that you can be growth and being willing to change, willing to challenge your thoughts, challenge that. That doesn't mean that we have to shift into sponge mode. Oh, well, they're an expert or they've done this, so that, therefore I need to receive everything they do. I do think we need a challenge. Like the books that you're reading from this author, they get that way in the music industry too. Some people get real, it's all about the art of music and this kind of stuff. And, and, and you know, but it's the music business. So there is the, the business side of it as well. And sometimes people get, you know, hold a stance about it. it's all about the art versus the, you know, the business. And, and I think that 
with everything we have to have balance. But that's a different topic to me or a different layer to me than than when it gets into like the things that you were describing, you know, when you mentioned rolling and and principles that you disagree with and whether or not you want to further support through purchase of their products or 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 you know promoting those types of things. I think that's a slightly different layer. I I know I've learned from a lot of people that in hindsight, it's kind of like you described, in hindsight there's thing there's things that I learned and and I thought, oh, I learned a lot. And then later, like you said, you discover some things that you disagree with or you you've grown yourself and you come to a position where, you know what, I don't necessarily agree with that approach or that a philosophy and that type of thing. And I think that's healthy. But I, I do believe that there there's some some aspects that that it's hard. There can be people that I totally disagree with on, very str- adamantly disagree with on some things, but that doesn't mean that they have nothing of value to offer. And it's cutting through that. And it doesn't mean that you support other things that they believe, but that's that's a, a factor. So I think it really, really requires us to be diligent and allow our thinking to be challenged, but don't forfeit your thinking and forfeit your positions because you can take some and, and, and reject other. And I think that's actually growth. Yeah, it also reminds me of, and this is more on the lens of entertainment, but there are some memes out there of like, as soon as you start kind of digging into who the people are that make various things, like there's all sorts of controversies, all sorts of sometimes genuinely terrible people, right? True. There's the ignorance is bliss thing, but there's also the balance of between having, you know, sort of the ignorance is bliss mindset of like, I don't want to have to litigate every single thing I ever do ever Mm -hmm. in life you know our brains are programmed for like foraging for berries and now we're like you know what i'm saying like and and it's like every single little thing i do i'm having to self-analyze and i get that i get that frustration and i think that there are times that as an individual human being you have to disconnect and you have for for and and sometimes that's a privileged thing too and there's so many pieces that wrap Mm -hmm. up into all of this because you know the ability to disconnect from something sometimes implies you have the privilege to do so and a person mm. that is affected by XYZ doesn't have that privilege. And that's a whole Correct. other conversation. But I'm just purely talking on a human mental health, like whatever, like those kind of levels, like mm-hmm. as human beings, we don't have the capacity. We don't have the capacity for all of the world's information all of the time, all at once. Yes. And it's too much and it's mm-hmm. way too much. And and you have to pick your battles. And the problem yes. with that is there are so many battles worth fighting. And there are so many battles that do matter and all this stuff. And I think part of this piece is a pick your battles sort of a situation. And so some of it is, it's like not just parsing the person, but parsing the the advice itself and how it meshes with your own values. And it's like, that's the hard thing is like, if you're only hearing from people you agree with 100% in every circumstance and who have never done something you disagree with or think is just straight up wrong, your list of people is going to get much smaller. It just will. And that's what's really hard. You're right. We can't filter the world. We can't watch the world. And from that vantage point, I think, let's say you were listening to an author and you read some books and you thought that the, all this stuff was great. And you maybe even came on this podcast saying, hey, I think this was this was really good. I, I really got a lot from this. And then, you know, three weeks later or four, year, four years later, you find out something that you're like, oh, I, I can't support that. I think that there's sometimes there's just a pride that people they're they're like I've made a position I've stood on a position and now I'm going to be look just 
genuine if I go backwards. But I think just saying, listen, I was not privy. I didn't realize something's come to my attention that I just can't support. And saying, you know, in the past I supported this or I even promoted this, but now I can't. I just can't subscribe to that because of where I am. So I think that partly we have to be willing to recognize that we're going to miss things along the way, and we're going to grow and we're going to discover things that we have to be willing to to own up to or to change. But secondly, there is a concern that I have, as I see, and and I see it. You know, let's just take politics and news, or even news in general. You look in the U.S. today and people tend to, they follow either one strand or another. You know, you've got the Fox News on one side or you've got another side of this. And if you're listening to everybody who's parroting themselves, everybody on that position starts, it kind of gets dumbed down to this small linear train of thought. It gets to be basically indoctrination, not news on either side. And if you're not ever challenged to hear another position, another perspective on what that topic is, how are you ever going to grow? Because you become just a group of, you're consuming all the same thing. And so you don't have that chance for growth. So I do think it's healthy to specifically listen to other people's positions. In fact, I know I know a, a person, a friend of ours, and this individual joins groups or, or listens to, to or reads books or watches things specifically of people who she has a different perspective or she thinks that she has a different perspective. And her reason for that is, I want to understand why they feel the way they do. I want to understand their logic, their thought process. Maybe there's things I need to learn. There's just a lot of wisdom in that. You're not going in there, again, like a sponge saying, whatever someone says, I take it at, at face value. But I do think that there's a risk of getting in these narrow bands and we don't grow. So I, I, I think you're right. I think we have to expand the tent if we're going to grow and if we're going to learn and recognize that we can learn from a lot of different sources. And that doesn't mean that we have to take 100% of what everybody says. I mean, we may only take 40% of what this person feels and discount the rest. You're right. You can't boil the ocean. You have to decide where can I focus my energy? What am I going to focus my energy on? Because it can be pretty daunting if you're trying to do everything. I know this has kind of been a little bit of, of some just freeform thinking on both of our parts. And I know that we've kind of talked a, a lot and, and we appreciate your patience as you kind of, you're listening to this. Cause honestly, we're thinking this through along the same time. We're just having this as a conversation. Hopefully it's prompting you to think about some things as well. Yeah. And I brought this up, like, you know, like I said, this is on my mind because I'm in the midst of it. I'm in the midst of making value propositions because I'm, I am trying to actively study becoming an author as a career. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of sources. There's a lot of sources of information. And so sometimes it's hard to, like I said, it's hard to parse. Where do I draw my personal lines? You know, who do I listen to? Sometimes it's like, is it more worth my time to just move on to the next move on to the next one and not and not interrogate it where is my responsibility to interrogate and some of this come does come down to privilege and what sort of voices am i listening to am i listening to all voices that are people like me or that are people it's like you said right like am i seeking out writing advice from just like straight white dudes i need to seek out like marginalized voices i need to seek out women i need to see right like seek out voices Mm -hmm. from people that are not just that and not only theoretically get different opinions and different perspectives on life but challenge notions that i may have had from my background right Mm -hmm. as 
as a white person. And these are hard questions because some of them are, some of them are just, they are tainted by privilege and that there's no getting around that. It's true. And, and, and and we're in a position, we're in a position today where there are such a, it's not even a fire hose. It's a web of fire hoses <laughs> coming at you from all different kinds of directions and and you, you can't absorb it all. So you, you're right there. You have to make some judgments as to, okay, I'm going to move forward with this. I'm going to cut this one off right now. But I think that's where we have to just be willing to be challenged in the future. If someone says, Hey, did you recognize this? No, I actually didn't recognize that. And thank you for informing of this. This is something I, I should have been aware of. And, and being willing to, to say, you know, maybe I was mistaken on something. Yeah. So really complicated, weird topic. This is going to be an extremely hard episode to edit. <laughs> For now, let's ease out of this complicated Correct. topic by, by talking about something a little simpler. What is your weekly favorite? Oh, it's the weekly favorite. I've got two weekly favorites this week. One is I got new glasses. So I can see better. And two, I got a guitar amp. Now I mentioned that I've been trying to move forward and trying to get back into music. So I've actually purchased an amp. I don't have an electric guitar, so I've got an amp but no guitar. So that's next. Well, but, but you know what kind of guitar you want to get for that's the That's right. I think I'm pretty so. sure I do. Uh, so, um, so moving forward, what about you? What's your weekly favorite? Uh, my favorite is a less a weekly favorite and more like a last month or so favorite, which is that I have started, uh, me and Audrey, going to coffee shops a lot more just to spend time out of the house in a different environment and work on stuff. As I'm going through like loads of books on creativity and being an author and all this stuff, I've been spending a lot of time at coffee shops and it's a great way, like just put some music on in in Mm -hmm. your headphones and have you know this intentional time away from home to go through and make loads of notes and like and it's just been a really nice thing to do i did that today i actually for the first time um so far in the last month i did some writing at a coffee shop i used a bluetooth um keyboard to write on my phone which was actually surprisingly effective because it was pretty distraction free i just put the do not disturb on my phone and it's just a black screen and white text and i just went it was just really nice to 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 be in a different environment and do all that so that's my favorite right now is going to coffee shops and working on stuff so well thank you for listening everyone Mm -hmm. i hope that y'all enjoyed this i have no idea if this is going to be a super long episode or or if it's going to be 10 minutes long because I just cut everything out. I don't know. But whatever it is, I hope that you got good information from it and you enjoyed uh, listening. And uh, until next time, thank you and uh, good night. Thanks. The Meaningful Success Podcast is myself, Saya, and my father, Wade. Me. That's him. Music is Brings Back the Feeling by Daniel Gunnarsson, licensed through Epidemic Sound. You can check out our website at meaningfulsuccesspodcast.com as well and check out our backlog of episodes and listen to them because there's a lot of really good stuff. And uh, I guess until next time, goodbye. Later.